Roger had the camera up to his eyes, and he stumbled and fell. I rode across the creek, got off the horse, and took my rifle out of the scabbard in case I had to make a shot. For 20 minutes with my spotlight, we watched these two creatures. I, I would, I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. I've met people who swear they've seen Bigfoot. It's a very ominous feeling. First of all, everything is one color. It's like a dark pewter color. There are no right angles anywhere. There was almost nothing other than a small foldable hatchway that looked recognizable. Everything was uh, was really unworldly. The other option is is that these entities are in fact hybrid beings. They are some sort of a hybrid that's coming in and out of our dimension. My arm contacted him. He just fell back very unexpectedly easy into the other one. And I rolled off the table in the other direction. And uh, they came around the table and the three of them were coming towards me. If you haven't guessed already, this is a kind of a Christmas episode that we're going to focus on telling creepy stories, you know, stuff that we found online that was like true stories from regular everyday people that take place either during Christmas or around the holidays or just uh, during like the winter time as well. I will say there's like something cool about like just the holidays in general. I feel like it feels very, the festive thing is real. You know, I think there should be shirts that say festive is, the festive thing is real because it feels that way. But I feel like if we just focus on what's real about it is what makes it fun. And then we start thinking about the reason I said sellouts and stuff is because it's like, I don't know, all the hiding history, all the money to be made around the holidays and stuff. But it's like, why can't we just, you know, focus on each other, family, friends, the spirit? Like it just there's something about it, you know? Yeah. And um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get into some of these cool stories. I always feel like the UK always had cool stories around Christmas time. Yeah, I'm just excited to hear. Well, and for those who've listened to us like long term, uh, last year we did a Christmas episode and it was kind of one of our kind of earlier episodes. We haven't been doing this too long. I mean, we have, but we just don't do enough episodes. And, you know, that's a that's going to be something we're going to try to change and do more as time goes on and more frequently. But um, last time we had family and friends over for a Christmas gathering. And we oh, had, I loved that. Yeah, we had our family, like our grandpa, who we actually just saw the other night. He came over with his wife, and they were telling some stories about their own personal paranormal experiences during the holidays. And it's cool because, like, our history, our background actually comes from England, a lot of it. And so, uh, including our grandpa Jerry, he's, like, directly from England, you know, a lot of his ancestry. And so it was fun that he was being able to, you know, tell those stories during Christmas time, which is such an English tradition. And I'm kind of going to go into some of those origins as to kind of where that all came from and, you know, some of the pagan history and all that stuff that also plays into it all. But that was pretty cool that we were able to kind of do that last year. And we thought about what are we doing this year? And actually, this was kind of last minute, but we just we wanted to get into the spirit and, you know, tell Christmassy type stories. But, you know, keep them spooky. We want it to be a scary Christmas, you know. Yeah, we like them Yorkshire, you know, their whereabouts in it. That's why we're from somewhere around there. I don't know, but it's going to be fun. Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Seen them fixing them all, his reindeers blowing on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So hang your stockings and say, 
Claus, Claus, Santa Claus comes to life. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right by Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that's filled with toys for boys and girls again. So to start this whole thing off, I'm going to read just a portion from an article that I found from, it's an Ancient Origins article that was dated from the 23rd of December, 2019, and it's titled, Why Do Christmas Ghost Stories Have Such Enduring Appeal? And then it basically just says, Our fascination with ghostly tales around Christmas time goes back thousands of years and is rooted in ancient celebrations of the winter solstice. In the depths of winter, pagan traditions, including a belief in a ghostly possession across the sky known as the Wild Hunt, recounting tales of heroism and monsters, supernatural beings became a midwinter tradition. Dark tales were deployed to entertain on dark nights. So imagine that, you know, you're, because think about like, especially if you're living in old ancient days, like you get bored, like the sun goes down, it gets cold, there's not a lot to do, especially when you don't have an iPad in front of you or our phones like we have now. They They kind of just sit around the fire to stay warm, right? And then you know, tell stories. We did it when we were camping this last uh, summer, right? We, oh, yeah. We had some good stories. Fun. That was fun. That was really cool. We made them up as we went. It was really cool. Um, but so I will say, how, sense, right? how much more is it, though, boredom versus, you know, the freaks come out at night? Because it could be the freaks come out at night. Like, I think around this time, like, you know, darkness does take over some kind of persona of... I just feel like things come out at night for real. Yeah. Like when we start looking at the supernatural, that's a that's a thing, right? Yeah. So is this is this truth? Like is boredom a huge part of this or is it actual scary things happening? And I, I don't know. I it's think it's probably really a bit interesting. Of both, yeah. yeah. So this part just says the Christmas ghost, where did it start? Ghosts have been associated with the winter cold since ancient times. According to art historian Susan Owens, author of The Ghost, A Cultural History, the Ode of Beowulf is one of the oldest surviving ghost stories, probably comprised in the 8th century. This is the tale of the Scandinavian prince who fights the monster Grendel. Evil and terrifying, Grendel has many ghostly qualities and is described as a grima geist, or spirit, and a death shadow of shifting fog gliding across the land. In 1611, Shakespeare wrote The Winter's Tale, which includes the line, As sad tales best for winter. Two centuries later, the teenage Mary Shelley set her influential horror Frankenstein story in the snowy wasteland, although she wrote it during a wet summer in Switzerland. So it's just funny. She, like, even her, she's like, oh, I'm going to write this during the wintertime, you know? And she wrote Frankenstein. Yeah. And she was a teenager when she wrote it. Was she she going off of Grendel? Is that what that was kind of tying it to? Was like maybe Grendel was a part of, like, her Frankenstein story? Could have been. I mean, you never know where, like, some of these things. I mean, she wouldn't have been able, like us now, we could be taking something from her, right? But so she would have had to take something from times before her. So, yeah, possibly. The reason I ask is because, like, I feel like, uh, you know, we take things from our own experiences. We take things from, this is why, that I think a lot of the stuff that's in pop culture is embedded in truth. Yeah. There's truth there. Yeah. I think when there's werewolf movies, it's because Dogman exists. There you go. Werewolves exist. Well, I'm telling you guys. And we know they do because there's so they many credible stories, right, of these people. And dude, i just glad you just brought that up. I'm going to have to try to find it, but I just saw somebody post, I think it was on a Bigfoot page that I follow on Facebook maybe, but they just posted the most creepy image of a what's supposed to be a Dogman footprint in the snow. And it was in the snow too. And they said it was taken in like Idaho, I think, or something crazy. And dude, I if when you see this thing, like I wouldn't go in the woods. I literally would not go in the woods. Uh, they only had one footprint. So I was kind of like, where's the other footprints? Like could be fake, but it looked really legit. It was a three-toed footprint though, which was interesting. Weird, yeah. Why would they say it's a dog man? Did it have like a dog feature to yeah. it still? Yeah, it had like kind of canine quality to it, but it was it was almost like bird-like in a way because it had the three kind of prongness to it, but it was, uh, it was definitely more canine looking too. So I'll try to find that and if i can find it we'll share it on instagram but it's just you know that sounds like someone's in. angry ex-girlfriend you know <laughs> that, that that description <laughs> so let me go into this part too really quick because we were talking about the british and stuff and how they have christmas traditions it says the victorians invented many familiar british christmas traditions including christmas trees cards crackers and roast turkey they also customized the winter christmas ghost story relating it specifically to the festive season the idea of something dreadful lurking beyond the light and laughter inspired some chilling tales so that's probably where it comes from it's like get all this happiness and there's always the darkness too we talk about it all the time where there's light there's dark where there's dark there's light they kind of kind of work hand in hand you know and so that makes a lot of sense i don't know when i when i was a kid i used to feel like uh you know you're hanging out in a christmas house right and there's lights all outside and there are all these white yellow lights and there's maybe a color a dash of red or a dash of green or something you're just hanging outside and everyone's having a great time there's family over there's music there's laughter it's warm you know there's a fire going whatever 
And like looking outside, it's like a complete opposite of that. It almost, it does remind me of two like floodgates of war. It's like, there's a, there's the good side where it's lit, it's warm. Everyone's having a great time. Then there's the dark side where it's dark, it's dreary. It's like something's lurking through the window. I do feel, I remember feeling like that as a kid, looking out the window. I'm like, is there something out there like watching us yeah. while we're having such a good time in here? Yeah, me too. I've thought about that. And then you think of even just the the story of Santa Claus and you, you hear about the story of Krampus, right? A lot of us know about Krampus, which is like the German German folklore version of oh, Santa Claus. Oh, we hang Claus out with Krampus all the time. Shout out, Blake. <laughs> What's up, Blake? We, my brother-in-law is a big Krampus guy. He's got, I think he he's got one on his mantle. He has this creepy little doll just hanging around. When we hung out with them, he's like, here, he threw it at me and I grabbed it and I got so scared I dropped it. I, I felt like my hands burned when I touched it. I feel like that thing belongs in Zach Bagan's museum. It looks so creepy. Yeah, it but, does. Uh, it looks like something like he would have for sure but yeah so like krampus i mean that like the whole idea of like be good all year and the whole santa thing is very similar too but i mean imagine the consequence of krampus versus santa just bringing you coal but even just the idea of like santa coming into your house like a stranger coming into your house during those dark creepy cold nights like i don't know it can it could be freaky so yeah so that's kind of some of the origins and we're not going to dive too far into the origins we're already you know almost 10 minutes into this so we do want to kind of go into some of the stories that we found online as we were doing research but we also uh we just we just hope you all get into the spirit of both christmas and maybe a little bit of chills you know not just chills in the air but chills inside you know the creepy yeah. chills honestly these amazing fans we have which i'm thankful for every day and fans is in what what is a fan you know what i mean I'm not, i don't even mean that in a weird way fans are just people that listen to good stories right we're telling stories we ain't nothing important but i will say that i appreciate you guys and if you can if you guys have stories that you want to share with us we always share this, right? But supernaturalstation5 at gmail.com. If you just get these stories out, man, I want to hear. Yeah. If you lived in a farmhouse when you were younger and it was winter and something weird happened, I want to hear it. I, I Honestly, I, I love our stories and I love hearing other people's stories. And we get really good stories from online. Yeah. But it would be so much better if it was a friend of ours, somebody we talk to, you know, somebody that listens to us, you know, yeah, absolutely. and share ideas. I think it'd be really cool. That'd so. be awesome. Agreed. So please send it. And as we uh, as we dive into these stories, just before we do that, we'll take a little moment here to uh, to regroup and get those stories started here. So we'll yeah. be right back. my break you ready for this roman yeah i got some good ones for you here during the 80s the family had a christmas party which ended late in the wee hours of the morning my mom with her cousin were taking the trash outside before sleeping and saw their neighbor across the house was sitting by their gutter and smiling at them so my mom waved and the girl smiled and waved back then her cousin shook her and said wait a sec that's not my neighbor that's not whatever her name is she then realized that their neighbor had shoulder length hair and this girl in front of them had long ankle length hair and was wearing a long white sleeping gown. They both started screaming and ran back inside the house. The next morning, they learned that their neighbor was not home during the time of Christmas, and she was spending Christmas elsewhere. Not sure it was really a ghost, but here in the Philippines, which is where this was at, it would have been so uncomfortable wearing a long sleeping gown since we were in a tropical country. I think that's weird, too, because like, you always hear about these creepy ghosts in the Philippines that have long, dark black hair and stuff yeah. like that. Isn't that the place, too, where they have that weird, like, one-legged vampire thing, too, that's, like, hopping around? It's a female vampire with long black hair and hops around the sides of roads and stops think so. passerbys and supposedly, like, sucks their blood. I think that was either, like, a an Asian country or maybe it was, like, a, maybe it was in South America. I can't remember. No, but, I think it's Philippines. It's either yeah. Cambodia or Philippines, but I remember what you're talking about. And it would run through the corn stalks and yeah, that's the creepy. long black hair. I've seen videos of it on YouTube. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but... Yeah, like on Slap Tam. I feel like that's where I saw it too. Ready? But... Watch more videos like this from Slap Tam. But yeah, that's creepy. Like it probably was. The weird thing about it was the weird smile. Because I, I feel like when you were saying that, it like smiled at him. 
That uh, I don't know. That that creeped me out. I got chills when I. Well, they screamed, so it was like smile. a grizzly, a grizzly smile. I don't think yeah. they they didn't welcome the smile in a way. It made them feel creepy, you know. Yeah, and the whole like white gown thing is such a common like ghost trope too. So could have been a ghost, could have been a weird person. Who knows? But I'm gonna lean towards ghost on that one. Are we freaking you out yet? <laughs> what do you got for me, Rome? Anything cool? Um, I got one here. So this is this one does come from Reddit. It says, I remember one Christmas Eve night when I was about eight or nine, and me and my family went to bed after meeting with relatives. I was laying in bed just anxious for the next morning, not being able to sleep. I closed my eyes and tried to sleep but couldn't. This wasn't unusual for me as a kid. I normally couldn't sleep well. So I just laid there until I could get tired or until the sun came up. After a while, a loud scraping sound came from my roof. It sounded like someone dragging a long piece of something hard all the way across from one side of the house to the other. I woke up and went to tell my parents. When I went into their room, they both got up, you know, in a scared manner because they knew I was scared. They said they didn't hear anything and told me to go to bed. The next day, there was debris from our roof in our yard. Still to this day, we never knew what went across our roof. So weird because you're thinking at first there's going to be some fake Santa story, right? Like the sled, the, you know, the reindeer. But then with the whole debris and stuff like that, like, man, I don't know. Something creepy was on the roof. I, I don't know. No, that ain't a dog. Yeah. I think that, that sounds really scary because there's proof, right? The proof is in the pudding and you see it right there. Yeah, physical literally... proof of debris laying in their yard, you know? I wonder if it was like a big, huge bird or something that scratched off a bunch of crap off the roof. Or it could have been like the one that's literally seared into my mind. I don't know if you guys, because you guys probably listen to multiple podcasts besides us and probably cryptid ones as well. There was one, I don't know if it was Confessionals or if it was Sasquatch Chronicles, but that's what this reminds me of. There was a story of this dude that was a, a Native American dude, uh, indigenous, that was living in Idaho, and he was a hunter, and he was doing a lot of like hunting at the time. And his, I think it was his girlfriend at the time, they felt something jump on the top of their roof in Idaho. You remember that? Yeah. And then it jumped off, and it jumped to the next roof and jumped. And then they looked outside, and it was literally a dog, man. And then they went down this little ravine, and they found where it was hiding, and they saw it again. And I don't know. For some reason, that story always stays in my mind. And yeah. I remember that one, too. It was like a native guy, right? Like a Blackfoot guy. Yeah. And uh, I think it was in Pocatello. So yep. it was not very, very far close from to us. us. Yeah. That so was... I think maybe that's why it was too close to home, you know? It's like, what is this? What is? How close is this? I mean, I was literally in Evanston, Wyoming last weekend, you know, buying liquor and <laughs> hanging out at a breakfast place. And uh, coming back, you know, you start thinking about stuff like that. We're not too far from a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't lean towards alien or anything like that because typically if they are, typically they're going to suck you out like with light, suck you out of your window or like out the wall or out the ceiling or something. They don't normally land on your roof, right? And cause physical damage to your roof. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. So I think like cryptid. I doubt it was like just a person. It sounds cryptid to me. Sounds Could very be rake, dogman, rakeish, bigfootish, something. Yeah. This one says... First Christmas after my grandpa died. I was 17 and I was still very confused on how to handle this S show, you know, swear word, of emotions I was having. Christmas morning, I was sitting on the floor with my brother opening presents when we noticed two cards tucked into the tree. I opened one with my name on it and it was my grandpa's handwriting. And all it said was, I love you, Peanut, which was his nickname for me. He passed in August and he had never given me a card for Christmas in my entire life. My mom refuses to acknowledge this even happened, but my brother remembers it very well. Up until about nine years ago, there's a picture of me holding this card, so I actually have proof of it. But when I finally dealt with the grief, I shoved this picture down, and now it's vanished. I'm not sure where it went. How cool is that? So he passed. His grandpa had a card that he left in the tree for him and his brother. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that it's like the poignant type of story. Like a lot of our loved ones seem to find things that we're going to know was them. You know, they'll they'll leave something behind. Like the peanut comment is yeah. like, obviously, if, that, if he was the only one calling this grandkid... I mean, it's his handwriting, too. And his handwriting, yeah. So I will awesome. say, too, like, it hits home for me because our last episode we had for the Dreams episode, Sean, my cousin, and I were talking about different situations with our grandpa, with our grandpa that passed away recently. So this is kind of hits home that way because, yeah. I mean, he came, I feel like he came and visited me when I was hanging out at Roman's house here. Then he also visited Sean in a different way. And they were both kind of like, I don't know, just we noticed it. It was something different. It was... It wasn't the norm. Well, and I, I have one that's, um, it's not really a Christmas story. It's just actually a current events ghost story thing that's going on at my work. And I thought I'd just share that here because it's just kind of crazy. Oh, yes. Crazy. I want to hear this. This is good. So, and it's still it's still winter. So there yeah, you it kind of it ties into the whole winter solstice, creepy stuff. So my coworker and I, I there was one night this recently, uh, I was about 5.30, 5.40. You know, it's getting dark outside now. And we're, you know, we work until six o'clock. And we recently actually had an unfortunate thing. At, I'm a property manager, so at the property I work at, we had a, a, a guy that unfortunately 
jumped off a balcony. He actually slit his throat first and then jumped off a balcony and to his death. And he was uh, fourth floor, so pretty high, you know, pretty high up. And, you know, what an abrupt way to, to pass away and die, you know. And they always say that trauma, quick death can kind of cause lingering spirits. Well, the other night we had, so it was like 5.30, 5.40, and she, my coworker, she was sitting in her office talking with somebody, and it was a resident, and uh, they both had this, they were really deep in conversation, and they had this feeling that some, they even saw it out of the corner of their eye with their peripheral vision. They saw like somebody walk into her office as if they wanted to be, like as if they're waiting to be spoken to. To be and, helped. Yeah, yeah, to be helped, basically. And after a while of talking, they were kind of ignoring this person, and eventually my coworker turned to look over and ask, hey, how can I help you? thinking it was me because I typically will walk into her office and just wait for her when I need to talk to her about something. And as soon as she looked over, there was nobody there, but they like, and both the resident freaked out as well. They both saw out of the peripheral vision, someone about my height, dark hair, black jacket, like I was wearing, walk in there. They even felt the whoosh of the air as he was, this character was walking in, but there was nobody there. So they got freaked out. So that was one thing that happened. They came and told me about it and everything. And I was in my office, so it wasn't me. Um, and then just today, well, not today, two days ago, we had a an, another situation happen. No my, way, there's an update? Yeah. My coworker, same one, she was walking across the street to, we have two buildings, so she was walking across the street with my maintenance supervisor, and they were going to go inspect a, a unit that had just moved out. And we'd inspect them to, you know, come up with charges and stuff like that if somebody damaged the unit or whatever. So they're going over there and they're outside. So they're not in the building yet. They're walking across the street and they both hear someone say, Anna, that's my coworker's name, like in a kind of intense way like that. But it's a male voice, Anna. And it sounded like kind of off in a distance. So they both turn and look over looking for where the voice came from. And there was nobody over there anywhere. Like it was no outside. Way. There was nobody in across the street. In the, anywhere. Is that facing where that person passed? It was. It was in the direction of where that person had fallen. No. And so our Did speculation you, is that this person is like trying to reach us Anna. and specifically Anna Did he, to get some help or something. Did he have the, like a crush on her or something like that? We never met him. Nobody ever met him. She never met him. So it's really weird that he's reaching out to her. And I just wonder, and this is another question that's probably good for our show, a good topic, but are there certain people that spirits, we think there are, right? There's mediums and stuff that people can reach out to first. Yeah. I'm more easily um, yeah. reachable from the spiritual side, you know, that's, and maybe that's what's going on. Or maybe it's just her heart. Maybe she's like more of a helpful person by nature. And maybe this guy can sense that, you know, just being stuck in this place that he's at. Maybe he can't move on. Cause he's like, you know, what a quick way to die and everything. Yeah. It's like so abrupt that he probably just woke up. Boom. He's right there. And he's like, what's going on. And then he sees Anna walking around trying to walk a unit. Cause it might've been yeah. The same day in his mind, because time's so irrelevant, maybe when you die. Yeah. Maybe he's seeing her right there at that moment. Like, hey, Anna. So Anna. she's been pretty freaked out. And then one more thing happened, too. Um, that's, when, that's amazing. When she got into that unit that they were walking towards, right after she heard the disembodied voice, this unit they were going to, which was not the unit of the person that jumped or anything. But um, they walk in and they go to the cabinet, because a lot of times people will leave dishes and stuff behind in the cabinets. They open one of the cabinets, and there's only a few dishes in there. But right in front, the first thing she sees... They were left behind. Um, there's a black coffee mug just staring at her, and it says "effing dead," and it's like these crazy bold letters. And and she's like, "I wonder if that was a sign, like this guy telling me, like I'm effing dead, like you know, like I feel like he's like in a trauma state right now. I'm dead, like I can't believe it. I don't know. It's creepy. We're having some weird stuff go on, and we're trying to figure out what we're we're gonna do about it if it continues saging, or we might do an EVP session or something and find out. But it's weird. It's very strange." makes me wonder what's going on there you know like yeah i mean obviously i feel like it's tied to we think about this stuff quick you know yeah that it's tied to the supernatural because of you know the stuff we believe in the stuff we've seen growing up and everything but if you're not a believer you're looking at that so bewildered and maybe you're not even connecting the dots maybe anna is connecting the dots because she might have had some things in the past where yeah she's dealt with these things you know so i have another story here that is pretty good it's like it's got some cute vibes to it. it's really kind of sweet but it's also a little bit creepy too like if you were experiencing these things you know you might be a little freaked out so this one's also a story i found online it says the young couple wanted a baby so badly when they finally got pregnant it was a miracle to them and they were blessed sadly the blessing wouldn't last long as shortly after their baby's birth the baby passed away for three days following their child's death the lights would spontaneously turn themselves on sometimes even in the middle of the night right in the room where the couple slept together in grief. That Christmas was a somber one. They hesitantly put up a Christmas tree and placed gifts that should have been for the baby, trinkets and toys, which were then given to charity. Years go on and the couple is blessed with another baby. 
Late in the night, on and on, baby's first Christmas Eve, father hears a sound coming from the new baby's room. It's the sound of a baby rattle. Dad is confused because baby doesn't have a rattle. He investigates and finds the baby sleeping soundly, cooing gentle with dreams of sugar plums in mind. The sound happens again, and this time father can hear that it's coming from the baby's closet. He opens the closet door, looking around. He finds a baby rattle, which had been one of the gifts for his first baby, which was supposed to have been donated. Somehow it hadn't made it under the tree and been tucked away in the back of the closet. Somehow it was rattling in the dark on Christmas Eve night. Dad knew exactly what it meant. This was a message from their firstborn signaling to them that it was okay for them to be happy this Christmas. It was also the only way the firstborn could give a gift to their baby sibling for Christmas. Dad thanked his firstborn for the gift and put the rattle under the tree. While the couple would never forget their loss, they did have a joyous Christmas. How did they tie it together like that? Because, I mean, for me, Crazy. I'd be sitting there being like, damn, there's a damn demon in my closet. And it's well, like, yeah, I mean, the first thing you'd be freaking out about is, like, the lights coming on and off all yeah. by themselves. Like, dude, we got some... But maybe they have some more wherewithal than I think, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking it's pure evil, and maybe it's not. I think a lot of the time, there's a chance it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I forget that. So that was a good story. Cause it's a like, pretty cute story. It's sweet, you know, that they had that kind of full circle. And then I liked, I really liked the part where it says the baby was giving a gift to the new new baby. You know, the one that passed on. I thought that was pretty cute. Because that could be the case. Like an older sibling, you know, coming back to say, oh, this is going to be my little brother or little sister. They need a gift on Christmas, you know. Shout out my brother pretty right awesome. now, by the way, because he's got a baby on the way. And he's got a my nephew that's seven, almost eight coming up. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys. Yeah, thank you. That was real quick. That was what was kind of hard reading that story, too, because I'm like, I can't I can't imagine. And I know we have listeners that have probably experienced this type of loss. And there's nothing I can say there. You know, um, for sure. We we just hope that you're, you know, doing better today. Just spending time with family who you have around. And like everyone has somebody that passes, you know, and it's harder when it's a baby or something for sure. But yeah. I think it's great to just spend time and like remember all the good good memories. I look at my grandma. Here's a good example. My grandma is what eighty six or something now. Yeah, and we're close. Like she's like literally our mom. She's our second mom, you know. And she literally likes all my posts. Everywhere I go, I'm posting something. There's a every morning I wake up and I already know what's happening. There's gonna be hearts on all my posts. There's gonna be comments on all my posts. And I see her cute little picture on there, and I'm like, man, when she passes, which I hope doesn't happen for a long time. Long, long time. But she's eighty six or eighty four, whatever she is right now i for some reason i can't remember the exact age but she's in her mid 80s and so yeah i see that picture and i, I remember i'm like okay i gotta cherish what's around right now yeah and this is really cool to see her sitting here every morning she's here she's still alive you know what mm-hmm. i mean she's yeah. still she still likes my posts so i'm like all right that's cool so remember that this christmas you guys like the cheer of like loved ones you just got to think of what my brother's saying you know the, the loved ones you have and the great memories that you're sharing with these people and stuff it's just You'll never get it back. Yeah, I cherish the moments. Like, uh, same thing with this grandma. You guys, if, if you follow me personally, I, I do these videos with her. And it's like, I'll, I'll come up to her every holiday and be like, hey, grandma, what's in this? And I'll give her some kind of drink. And she has to try it. And she's such a good sport. She tries it and then she does some crazy face. And she says the best comment every time. And I'm like, I probably have... I don't know, maybe 30 of those now. Yeah. And it's going to be one big uh, combined video eventually. Yeah. At least I have that, you know. I have this amazing memory of me being just making jokes with her all the time, you know. Yeah. And she loves it. She loves it. She expects it every time now, you know. <laughs> so it's fun. Sometimes you guys wonder where these, like, uh, stories come from, where they originate from, right? What are these things that we celebrate every year and why? One of those is the mistletoe. It's a weird thing. It's like, where did this come from, right? Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. Everyone just hangs a weird piece of plant up there, and everyone looks all about it. Like, you have to kiss somebody. Oh, we're supposed to kiss now? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then somebody tries to kiss, and you, like, put your hand in front of their lips. It's kind of weird. You all know you've had some weird, awkward moment at one point in your life with mistletoe. And then you're, like, dusting your shirt off. I think I got to kiss this person, but I kind of don't want to. I kind of don't want to. No, it's like, like, whoa, you're my second cousin. We got to (laughs) chill. This is where the actual mistletoe thing came from. Uh, This is what they believe it came from. There was a legend of a mistletoe bride that haunts England's Bramshill house. Um, it said, the legend of the mistletoe may have believed to be uh, the roots have come from a disappearance of Lord Lovell's bride of the Bramshill house in Hampshire, England. Lord Lovell was preparing to wed a young woman related to Sir John Cope, the owner of the Bramshill house. This was around Christmas time, so mistletoe was actually hung around throughout the mansion, which is weird that they used to do that already anyway. Yeah. But it says, it was hung around throughout the mansion, inspiring the wedding party to play a game. The young bride-to-be would hide somewhere in the mansion. The groomsmen would all seek her out, and whoever found her first would get to kiss her. So the bride went to hide, and the wedding party sought to find her. However, the minutes turned to hours, and they could not still find her. 
Eventually, the game turned to terribly serious, as no matter where they looked, where they searched throughout the entire mansion, which obviously you search everywhere, she remained missing. Not until 50 years later did Lord Lovell, this, you know, husband-to-be, still seeking answers for his bride's disappearance, happened upon a secret closet in the upstairs room. Inside, he found a wooden chest sealed shut with a lock. Upon opening the chest, he found a nearly unrecognizable remains of his own bride. Oh my gosh. So somebody locked her in that crap, that found her, somebody who was, was trying to kill her. Or she did it to herself. Yeah. I will say it's a weird story and... Uh, maybe she didn't want to marry and that was like her only out or what she thought was her out. Or maybe it was just what she thought was a good hiding place. She was flexible. And then it shut and, and then somehow it locked and she didn't realize it would lock on its own like that. That's creepy. Or maybe it was paranormal. Maybe something was already creepy in that house and like shoved her in there. Sealed you know? shut with a lock, it says. I wonder what kind of lock they mean. Because yeah, it could have been something weird Jeez. where it just shuts on its own and then locks on its own. But I hope it was... Hoping she didn't accidentally lock herself in. I'm, I know it's messed up to say. I'm hoping somebody like tried to kill her, which is messed up because that would have been better than her locking herself in. Yeah, on purpose. But still, that's that's a who done it. some details we could look up on that because i'd be curious to see if that was ever solved uh, ever solved as far as i mean it's as real as the brown lady of rain yeah. and hall which we all know look you remember that lady yeah let's post that picture up as part of the store the Instagram. you guys you guys know the brown lady let us know if you do it's from rayham hall look it up the brown lady is pretty much one of the first ghost pictures that i remember seeing as a kid like in the library like in on books and stuff that i was like that's real you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i remember it really well like just from a, being a child like the scholastic days you know yeah so we'll post that picture because it's what i really like that photo and i think it is it's real, it's real and it's also like an old camera that captured it. You I would say the time just shows that it's real. There's no way it would have been captured otherwise, you know? Yeah. It's no special effects like we see nowadays, but... Well, I have kind of a long story, like, a, a, I guess a last long story that we can cover, and then if you have anything else, we can dive into it, but this one, I'm, I'm going to skip a bunch of things. There's basically this guy, Dan, and his friend, who's never named here, but the story's told by the friend, and Dan was going through, like, a relationship issue where it sounds like he had met somebody who was, like, a catfish that was, like, stringing him along, and every time he tried to meet this person, they just, stuff was never working out, you know, like, oh, you can't meet me because of this and that, very catfish-like, you know? Well, 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 me and you, Dan, have a kinship, my friend. <laughs> So poor Dan. And it started out saying that Dan was like a dark individual anyway. He would just wear black all the time and had like a lot of black in his room and kind of those types of guys. So who knows what he was into and everything. But so here's kind of where I'm going to start the part of the story from the Wait, what timeline was this from? Do you know? It's I think it's recent. It's like probably within the last decade or so, probably. So he was working at like a local grocery store or something and kind of struggling with things in life. It doesn't really say like he was even working or anything, but it does take place during Christmas, during the holidays, really just during winter as well. It was a snowy night. So we'll start it here. It just says, so Dan and I, as usual, were hanging out in the dark of his apartment and there was this extremely strong negative energy in the air. All I was doing was trying to help a friend simply to try to console him despite all the bad mojo that he surrounded himself in. Eventually, although it was hard, I was able to get Dan to calm down enough to doze off for a little while. I was laying in his bed watching over him when he fell asleep. Once that happened, I just laid there in the dark looking out at the snow falling outside. I wasn't the type who could usually fall asleep in anyone else's bed, but I had been there for my friend. So I just lay there watching the snow as he slept beside me. I thought that I heard something in the other part of the apartment. I didn't think it was anything at first, however, I was laying there, several things happened all at once that really terrified me more and more than I had ever been scared before. Suddenly, a light in the hallway outside of Dan's bedroom turned on. I immediately looked over there, and from the window, I turned my head just in time to see the shadow of someone walking by the doorway into the living room of the apartment. I'm not sure how long I laid there frozen in terror. Someone had broken into Dan's apartment but I couldn't figure out how it could have happened, and I didn't know how to handle the problem either. Dan woke up and was very groggy, asking me if I had turned the light on. I told him no and that I'd been in the bed the entire time. I thought someone was in the apartment and that I thought he'd have to go check it out. The light suddenly turned off. I'm not sure if it was because of everything that Dan had been going through that night, but he immediately decided to take care of the issue. He got up, walked out of the room, and turned the hallway light on. Then he walked into the living room, and he was gone for a little while. 
I was breathing heavy as I waited for something to happen next. I expected to hear some sign of struggle or some kind of violence. However, I didn't hear anything at all. Finally, Dan came back into the room. He turned the hallway light off, and then he came into the room and sat down on the bed. After a moment, he told me that not only was no one in the house, but the bolt to his door was locked. That meant that if someone had been in the apartment, they couldn't have left because they couldn't lock the bolt once they had left. I think if Dan hadn't seen the light turn off after he'd woken up, he might have thought that I had turned on the light, but he witnessed it turning off, and he was just as confused as I was at first. However, after we allowed ourselves some time to process it, and after Dan realized that his significant other had just been playing him the entire time, he recognized that there was a lot of negative energy in his apartment that night, so he thought that perhaps the negativity had manifested into something supernatural. I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I saw the shadow of someone walking into the living room. I was sure that someone had been in the apartment that night. I wondered if they possibly may have gone through the balcony somehow. However, there was no footprints or anything in the snow there. Neither of us had really any idea what we'd witnessed that night. But whatever it was, it was incredibly scary for both of us. Does anyone have any question about, like, energy manifesting into something else? Because I think that right there's there... There's a lot to it. Well, that gave me a good... Honestly, if you don't believe that right now, then there's some more digging you need to do. The reason I say that, and I'm not saying I'm some expert or anything, I'm just saying what's weird about it is when somebody's negative, right? Something bad's happening to them. They're... This bad hombre is like going through struggles in life all of a sudden. And by the way, hold that thought. I'm just going to say really quick. There is a lot of negativity going on around the holidays for a lot of people, oh, yeah. especially if they don't have depression, loved ones or family or friends that they financial can issues totally. makes people depressed, right? Yeah. So think about this. You're having a dark cloud over you and guess what's happening at that point. Now your health is dwindling. Now you're getting sick. Yeah. Every sickness is hitting you now. Or if you're feeling down, the positivity has gone. So guess what? Work sucks now. Yeah. Guess what? You're, you're missing out on good opportunities. Like you're not, you're not seeing something positive that happens at work or something great that's in front of you. But look at that. That's completely right. When he said, I don't know if something manifested as something different. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. that can happen. So I do believe that that could have happened for sure. So I guess it's like a warning, like be careful, you know, like if you are feeling that way, try to find something to bring some positive light in. Cause I do think these entities, they look for those people that are struggling yeah. and they look to like, to mess with them, to latch onto them. You know, we've talked about this a lot in our podcast, totally, but they do. And, and it's, it's pretty much story after story, after experience, after experience, people yeah. that have these in things, this place right now, we've they had, latch had on. That. So be careful. Um, my older brother, Jamie, just posted something recently and it was, uh, it was yesterday or today. And it was like this energy and I, I thought it was really cool. It was a scientist and he was, I don't know if you've seen those things where it's like a five or so, I think it's five balls that are metal and they, you put one away from it and then you hit it and then the, one of them separates oh, yeah. and then they hit and they kind of just keep hitting into each other friction wise. Like the whole thing and, Magneto was doing in X-Men 1. Yeah. First one. And he's like, you pull one ball away. Yeah. And what happens? Only one ball separates. You pull two balls away, two balls separate, three balls, three balls separate. Oh yeah. Until you get all the way through it and literally it's like what that means is whatever energy you give out you get the same amount back it's just a different the energy doesn't dissipate yeah. right so that's exactly right if you have negative energy negative energy is still going to be there it's just yeah. going to dissipate it's going to go somewhere else and because something else that's similar you know what so, i want to say really quick about that story to me it was pretty obvious that the teller was actually a female and she's with this dan guy as her friend you know i'm like why don't they just get together they seem like they're a great couple she's like there for him it's a snowy night more of the story that i didn't tell was that she actually drove through a blizzard to get there because he had called her in a panic after realizing that the girl he was trying to date or whatever was some kind of catfish. And so I just feel bad. I'm man, hopefully, come on, man. you know what I'm guessing? I'm hopefully, hopefully guessing or saying right now that maybe they're married now to this day or maybe they're together now. Because I bet this story is like six, seven years old. They're pro- I'm hoping they're together. I hope so. Because that, that tends to happen too. And I'm, and I'm rooting for him. But maybe Dan's still wearing black. Maybe he's still putting eyeliner on and he's still dodging <laughs> this uh, Elaine that was in love with him. But we'll see. <laughs> something cool that's bible related and maybe that's not for you and if it's not it's okay give it ear even still because you don't have to believe in the bible part of it if you don't want to maybe that's not your truth but at least there's some ghost story that happened in the bible too and this is one of those stories i've always thought was cool when i used to read the bible a lot more and stuff it's just called so this one says it's called i see dead prophets so this guy's kind of like 
telling the story from the Bible in his own words, right? From Crossroads Church, which I don't know. I've never heard of him, but it's cool. I like the story. He says, so here's a ghost story that you guys have been waiting for. Languishing without centralized leadership, the people of God get a king, Saul, the man chosen to lead them. Remember I showed you the actor yeah. that played Saul on the yeah. Bible? Um, but then things begin to go downhill soon thereafter. He's impatient. He's temperamental. And worst of all, he doesn't provide a great example when it comes to honoring God. Facing mounting failures, Saul has an encounter near the end of his reign that makes his blood go cold and signals the beginning of an end for him. As the king, Saul is the commander-in-chief of Israel's army. His arch enemies, the Philistines, have gathered for battle. Saul's gathered his troops together, but all is not well. The king is terribly afraid. The spirit of God has long left him, and the one man he's relied on for spiritual wisdom, the prophet Samuel, is also dead. Battle looming, Saul inquires to God and the re remaining prophets, but he gets no answer. Even surrounding his, by, by this army, Saul felt completely alone, with the metaphorical walls closing in. God gave his people a strict rule against fortune-telling, mediums, spiritists, and alike. It was a big no-no at the time uh, for God. So he said God was to be the source of his people's wisdom. If they needed insight or spiritual guidance, they were to come to him. Anything else was a domain of false gods or idols and had no place amongst God, God's people. So this is just context. So with that in mind, Saul makes one final mistake in his kingship. He consults a medium, asking her to bring back the spirit of the prophet of Samuel. Even more surprising, though, according to scripture, it actually seems to come true. The conjured spirit asks Saul, why is he being disturbed? Saul explains the problem of the Philistines and not hearing from God. Then Samuel's spirit drops a chilling revelation directly to Saul. Imagine this is a spirit speaking to you directly. And he says, since the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy, why are you asking me? Tomorrow you and your sons will be with me, and the Lord will hand Israel's army over to the Philistines. The experience literally drops Saul. He collapses on the floor in the medium's home. He eventually regains strength and leads the army. But just like this ghostly ghost-faced McVeigh Samuel predicted, he and his sons were killed in battle. Jeez. So it happened. Yeah. But there was a ghost, and he sought it out. It came true. It's yeah. crazy to think. So even in the Bible, there's ghost stories. All right, so we were talking earlier about, like, Krampus. We mentioned him, right? That's just an old folklore, German folklore, of a character who comes to punish bad children, right, during Christmas. We did want to cover a few stories, but also some mythology and stuff, too. So true stories, mythology, we feel like all this stuff kind of ties in, and there's reasons there is mythology in place and origins of these creatures. There's a reason why these old stories are told. And yeah, mythology makes me wonder, is it actually mythology or is it actually history? Right. It's got a weird spin on it that they can't put a finger on. So now they're saying it's mythology. It's like what we say really quick with Medusa, Hercules, and all these people. It's almost like they're maybe actually, we talk about it off air, but they're fallen angel blood and they're like giants, you know, like, I don't know, look into different podcasts yeah, and see what we're talking about. Yeah, have like superpowers. Like, but they used to have to cut the heads off of these beings and it makes sense because they were like superpowered. They were like yeah. fallen angel blood. Different and than you just had to kill their heads, you know, take their heads off to believe, you know, to kill them all the way. Yeah. So there's one I was going to start with. We're going to just kind of cover a few different folklores that come from different parts of the world. Have you ever heard of Gryla, the Islandic ogre? I haven't, no. So Grilla, I don't know how you say it. So she, this is Icelandic story. Icelandic ogre lives in caves in the mountains, and she has the ability to detect misbehaving children during Christmas time. She descends from her cave to gobble down those that have been naughty by making them into a stew. There you go. She's the mother of the Yule lads who live with her and the Yule cat. So she's like a witch, like a cannibalistic witch lady. And know? the Yule lads Super are like his, her like cult followers. Well, it really reminds me of like the the Seven Dwarves a little bit. Like when you're looking at the picture of what the Yule lads look oh, like. Oh yeah, they really these look 13 like the known like tricksters are known as to steal food and harass livestock and lurk around humans' houses and farms stealing stuff. That's the little people. That is like that's like the sounds uh, like the little people, the puckwudgies and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But, and, and then, then there's, there's the Yule, Yule cat. cat. Yule cat is another creature associated with Icelandic folklore, and this giant black cat stalks the snowy mountains during Christmas time and preys on those that have not received new clothes. Uh, UC workers were often rewarded for hard work at the end of the year with new clothes. So if someone did not receive new clothes, it was assumed that they were lazy and that the Yule cat would devour them. Damn. You better work hard. Get them new clothes from Old Navy ASAP. Dang, that's like a crazy boss idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this Frau Perchta is the descendant from Germanic folklore, and during the 12 days of Christmas, she is known for rewarding the good and punishing the bad. She has earned the nickname of Belly Slitter for her really? gruesome punishment of ripping out the internal organs of those that have been naughty and replacing them with garbage, straw, and rocks. She's either depicted as a beautiful, white-robed young woman or an old, ugly crone. 
Much like Krampus, there are Christmas processions where people wear perched costumes, usually depicted as the old crone, and parade through the streets. And then the Strigale. Strigale uh, are perched as demon sidekicks. Again, very similar to the Seven Dwarves, the Thirteen. Or the Elves. Who travel alongside her and help her punish bad children. They kind of get her leftovers and are known to rob children and tear them to pieces. Yikes. And then there's Mary Lute, as known as a Christmas zombie horse. A horse skull is hoisted on a slick decorated with ribbons, bells, and draped in a white sheet. A group of Mary Lude travelers from door to door asking for food and drink and rhyme. Traditionally, the Mary group knocks on a door and sings a song requesting entry, and the homeowners counter song with a song refusing entry or challenges oh, wow. and insults. The Mary Lude group and the homeowners then engage in a battle of wits, trading riddles until one side loses. If the Mary Lude group wins, they are allowed entry and be given, given food and drinks. But then this is the weirdest one. The Bell's Nickel originated in Germany. So now we got Icelandic. We got France. Really quick, got, the whole Mary yeah. Lou thing, though, just really fast, is like kind of a play on Halloween in some ways with the trick-or-treat thing. But it also reminds me of the carolers that come during Christmas. It's a mix sing. of both. So it's this weird tradition that maybe spawned the carolers and the a little bit of the trick-or-treat. So that's The door-to-door thing is weird in general. Yeah. Because I don't answer the door to anybody anymore. But Bell's Nickel originated in Germany now, okay? This guy looks like a freak. He literally looks like Hagrid with, like, an Asian haircut, like a Japanese old lady haircut, <laughs> and, like, some nasty, like, clown robe and a whip that's, like, literally whipping his own hand. This guy's rocked out of his world. But Bell's Nickel originated in Germany. He became popular in some pockets of the U.S. as well. When immigrants brought the folk tell the Pennsylvania and Dutch communities, he wears tattered, patched-together clothing and ragged furs, carrying a whip. He visits children around Christmas, snapping his whip to frighten the naughty and rewarding the good with candy. His name comes from a combination of German Belsen, which means wit or the wallop, and nickel, which means Saint Nicholas. Oh, wow. And all these have the same tie-in. Yeah, they have either gnomes or they're attacking kids. Père Futard or something uh, says that he's a child-eating monster. So very similar. They call him Father Whipper, also with the whip as well. So yeah, there's a lot of Either ripping somebody's stomach open or whipping somebody, eating kids in stews. My question is, think about this. They didn't have TikTok back then. They didn't have Instagram back then. They didn't have text back then. They weren't saying, hey, mom, hear this cool story via text. And she got it instantly. No, it was, they never talked to each other. They may have yeah. never visited Italy from France. They may have never visited the Icelandic area from France. And back then, there wasn't a lot of, like, immigration between different countries. No, like, you don't just today. leave, like... People it, just stayed where they were born. People like, aren't willy-dilly travelers like they are now, where it's like, I'm going to travel the whole world. Yeah, because the world's fine enough to do that is dandy, but you can't... They couldn't do that back then, exactly. Yeah. The only travel is boat, and you're probably going to die on the boat because there's not enough food. So all that being said, right, there's a weird thing here. It's tying all together. So it's a common thread. Yeah. Common and, thread. And it's very Nick, Santa, Krampus, these things, all these crazy ones. Is there some real entity that was literally stealing kids, eating them if they were bad, supposedly, in their mind? I don't know. Could have been. But I think I mean, there's always truth to these crazy stories. I mean, if you if you just discount it all together, that would be wrong. And the reason I say that is we covered stuff like the Thunderbird stories and stuff. Some of these Native American folklores yeah. that are very similar in a way where they say don't go in the woods because you'll run but remember into this. these Native tribes didn't talk to each other either, and they yeah. all had a Thunderbird and, story. And they'll have like the you know the giants that live in caves, like the Bigfoot. They all had a giant like story, exactly. And the crazy thing is, is like a lot of these stories have that similar thing where it's like it's sort of to try to scare the kids into like being good in a lot of ways. Like, you know, they'll find you if you're not good or, you know, if you go to the woods, you're not supposed to, you'll, you'll get taken. So there's a lot of similarities there in those stories, too. And yet people are seeing those creatures, too, still to this day. And so there's like something to those. If you discount these ones that are, of you know, ancient Paris and, and ancient Iceland and all that stuff, I think that's wrong. There could be something to it all. So, so I just want to leave you guys on that because think about that. Yeah, I mean, scary kids into, like, not making bad decisions. I know we all do that all the time as parents. Like, obviously, I'm not a parent, but I see it from the outside. It's like, oh, don't do this because something bad's going to happen here and this and that, whatever. And maybe they had those those vibes, you know, back then. But I think that there's more truth. I do think there's more truth to it. Yeah. I think they weren't as scared as we are nowadays, like, having kids run around and roam around. It's Nowadays, people are way more freaked out than they used to be with that, you know, because of yeah. instant information or whatever. Yeah. Back then, they'd be like, yeah, go get go seven miles and pick up this wood and bring it back to camp. These little 10-year-old kids, like, no, they'd never let us do that back in, nowadays. Right. So it's like, you know, there's definitely some truth. I don't know, something to think about. Yeah. Fun times. Really cool to tie it all together. We hope you enjoyed it. This is pretty much the end of our, our episode. We, we thought we'd cover some true stories from real people from different walks of life that come from different parts of the world at different times in the world and stuff that, were you know, obviously we're at the touch of a button. We did some research to find those just online, so who knows how credible 
some of them are, but we thought they were pretty good. And then, of course, uh, some of this myth- mythology and ancient kind of folklore as far as where this stuff comes from for Christmas we thought was pretty fun. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you have a great Christmas. This episode should be airing right around Christmas time. Um, so if you're listening now, uh, just know we recorded it probably a few days prior. But yeah, we hope you have a great, fantastic Christmas and a happy new year. You know, there's new stuff coming for all of us with the new year and it, like, we should look at it as a, as a clean slate. So that's just a positive way to end this whole thing. And there's always new things we can be doing in our lives that can better our lives. <laughs>